God, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you that on tonight our hearts are open and receptive to hear what you have to say unto us, God. And I thank you, God, that as we receive your word, God, we will open our mouths and speak your word and live by your word. So, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're still talking about pride. I think all of us can learn a lot from pride. When we say we don't have any, we have some. Amen? I think all of us have a little bit of pride somewhere, but when we notice what we have, we want to get rid of it. We don't want to keep pride. Pride is to, to be lifted up, to be raised up and exalted. It is having confidence in self, me, myself, and I. It's all about me. So that's what I have been teaching on, um, trying to exalt ourselves, lift ourselves up. It's all about us. And we know it began with Lucifer and Isaiah 14, verse 12 through 15. I went over dealing with um, his pride and that his pride um, caused him to be thrown out of heaven. That was his fall because he made it about him. And Mark, the seventh chapter, I talked about as well that pride comes from the heart. It um, proceeds from the heart. And tonight where I'm going to start again um, on teaching is Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24. And I want to break that down a little bit more because in this verse of scripture, it talks about, let me read this, um, King James Version. I'm going to read that first. It says, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. So Jesus was speaking to his disciples. First, we know that disciples, they are followers of Jesus Christ. They are learners of Jesus Christ. So they're following him. They're learning from him. And I want to go to the part, if any man that's male or female will come after me. So I want to look at that word will. In that verse of scripture, that word will means having a desire. You made up your mind, you determined. So in order to follow him, in order to be his disciple, we have to be willing. That means that we have to have our mind made up. We have to be determined. And it also means having a desire to. I don't know about you. Some of us, when we have a desire or when we have made up our mind to do a certain thing, we don't let nothing get in our way. We just go ahead and do it. I know when my husband gets busy in the course of a day, he'll make up his mind on what he's going to do, and that's what he sticks to. He'll say, Amanda, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what I have planned today. But how many know plans change, <laughs> especially when somebody try to get in those plans when you have made up your mind? But we give God glory that, when we make up our mind to do things from the kingdom, we don't let anybody take us away from that. We don't let um, family, friends, we don't let um, anything take us away from what we should be doing for the kingdom. Because when we seek ye first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things, his righteousness, all of these things will be added unto us. So you got to be willing first of all. You got to have a desire. You got to have a made up mind. You have to be determined this is what 
I'm going to do. I am determined to follow him. My desire is to follow him. I'm going to give some more examples when it comes when it comes to us doing what we need to be doing for the kingdom versus for the world. When we make up our mind, and I'm going to say this, to make overtime because we need more money, we're determined nothing is getting in my way, not even sleep. If they offer an overtime, my mind is made up. I'm determined this is what I want to do. If it's some type of activity, if it's anything that we want to do, really want to do, we make up our mind and we make sure it's done. Amen? So we should be just that willing. We should be more willing for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God should get our undivided attention more than anything else. If we take the time out of our schedules, because some of us say, I don't have time to do this. So, okay, let's say we're having something at church, and people say, well, I don't have time to do that. I'm busy. But you have time to go to the gym. You have time to go to the mall. You have time to, what else do we have time to do? Everything. We make up our mind. We get it done. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom, we put it on the back burner. I can't show up for that. This is the time I can be there. But when you make up your mind, you crucify that flesh because you made up your mind. But we have to do this for the kingdom. We have to be more willing to shut off everything else for the kingdom. How many know women, we've got our hair appointments, so our nail appointments. And sometimes we don't want to get up early to participate in something in church, but that hair got to be done. That hair got to look right. Those nails, you know, everything got to look right on me, so I have to make sure that I'm there on time. How many? We got a doctor's appointment. We got a lawyer's appointment. What do we do? We make the time. No matter how tired we are, we get up and we take care of it. Amen. Hallelujah. That means it is so. Is that not right? So when your mind is determined and made up, it doesn't matter how sleepy you are. It doesn't matter about anything else. This is what I'm going to do. This is how it should be for the kingdom. So let's look at 1 Chronicles 28.9. Remember the first thing I said, you have to be willing to follow Jesus. You have to be determined, have a made-up mind, having a desire. In 1 Chronicles 28.9, it says, expanded Bible. This is David talking to his son Solomon. And you, my son Solomon, accept, acknowledge, know the God of your father. Serve him completely and willingly with your whole heart and a willing mind and spirit because the Lord knows what's in everyone's mind. Search every, he searches every heart. He understands everything you think, every desire, motive, and thought. If you go to him for help, seek him, you will get an answer. You will find him or he will let you find him. But if you turn away from, abandon, forsake him, he will leave, reject you forever. So this is David talking to his son Solomon, and he's telling him that he have to have a willing mind. That means that he have to have that desire. He have to have that determination, you know, with knowing the Lord. That's just like us. When we make up our mind and we say, no matter what goes on, I'm getting before the Lord this morning. And you know what the enemy does? He reminds us, you left the dishes in the sink. You need to go wash a load of clothes. Oh, you need to go ahead and dust while you can. Oh, you need to go ahead and wash that car. Go ahead and call them and take care of that bill. 
The enemy reminds you of everything that he wants you to do because he do not want you to know the Lord the way you need to know him. The more you get to know him, the more you put him before you put everything else. The reason why we don't put him first and foremost is because we don't know him. We, do, we put everybody and everything before him because we really don't know him. When you really fall in love with him, your first priority is, I'm going to be with him, period. I'm going to say, poo, <laughs> period, poo. So you're going to make sure that he's your first priority above everything else. And when you do this, it's not that it becomes a habit. It becomes so much a part of you, it's not a struggle to do it. It's not a struggle to be before the Lord. They know my routine every day. They know the time I'm going to be sitting before the Lord because I tell my husband, nothing is getting done before I'm before my God. I'm not moving to try to do anything before I sit here to see what God wants from me. Some, so many people may say, well, you don't have to go to work. Guess what though? Yes, you do. But if you make up your mind to get up early, and seek him while he can be found, you won't miss no sleep. Because you're going to be there before him. If you start out early, you won't have to stay up so late. Some of us say, you know what, God, I catch you, you know, when I get home before I go to bed. But half the time we fall asleep and the, the cares of the world begins to weigh us down when we do come home. Everything is hidden. This got to be done. That got to be done. But if you seek him first and foremost, guess what? He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you throughout that day. But if you're not taking that time to seek him and you're doing what you want to do, you're going to miss out on something that God might want to share with you. So this is why um, uh, David was telling his son Solomon this because he knew for himself this is what need to be done in order for you to know him. You got to be able to serve him with your whole heart. So we see that we have to be willing to follow Jesus, have a desire. We have to be determined. We have to have a made up mind. And in order to do that, you're going to have to say no to yourself. And that's the next thing I'm going to. See, when you break down this verse, Jesus is telling you what you have to do in order to really follow him for real. The next thing is denying yourself. We talked about being willing but he said, if any man will come after me, that means follow me. You got to be willing. And then he said, let him deny himself. We went over this so many times. Denying yourself is disown, disregard, forsake, say no to self, and say yes to God. It means to disown yourself, disregard yourself, forsake yourself, say no to yourself, and say yes to God. That means that when you want to do something and you know that what God wants you to do is more important than what you want to do because you turned your life over to him, it's no more about you. You have to give up yourself totally and completely to him and say, my life is not my own. I've been bought with the price. And that's why I say Galatians 2.20 so much. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. See, Paul had to recognize this. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer 
It is no longer who lives, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith, by adherence to, reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. That's the Amplified, breaking it down a little bit more. So when you deny yourself, you are not looking to you no more. You're looking to him. You saying, God, whatever you would have for me to do in this day. Yes, I have made plans, God. This is what I plan to do. But God, not my plans, your plan. You know, I want to make you part of my plans. So give up self. Denying self is saying, I'm not going to do the same things that I have always done for myself. I'm doing this unto God now. That's losing interest in yourself, in your desires, the way you do things. And one thing that we have to do when we're following Christ, we, we trust in him so we, we're losing interest in ourselves. We're forsaking ourselves. A scripture that go along with that so well is Mark 1, 15 through 20. This is when Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, y'all know what he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he told them that in 15. He said in 16, when Jesus was walking by, the Lake Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew throwing, casting a net in the lake because they were fishermen. Now listen at what Jesus told him. Did they not have an um, occupation? Didn't they have a job? It tells you right here what their job was. They were fishermen. Jesus said unto them, they heard Jesus speak, come, follow me, be my disciples. And I will make you, teach you how to fish for people. So Jesus began to speak to them and he said, okay, come follow me. I'm going to show you how to fish for people. So Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. Come on, who would do that? Who would, this is a person with a made up mind that's determined to say, it's not about me no more. It's all about what he want me to do for him and you know, working through me. So listen at this. Going a little further, Jesus saw two more brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And it says here, they were in a boat, mending, preparing their nets. Jesus immediately called them and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired workers and followed Jesus. Come on, it's telling you here, they left jobs and they left family. So we know all of us, you know, God is not going to call all of us off our job. But how does that work for the ones he's not calling off the job? Even if he does not call you off your job, you should be saying, God, if it's, if it's my time to um, be with you or if it's my time to stay on this job, whatever your will is for me, here I am. you denying yourself. You're saying, I'm on this job, but I'm on the job to work for you not to work for me because I'm trusting you more than I'm trusting this job. I'm grateful for this job, but I'm more committed to you than I am this job. So Lord, if you tell me what to do while I'm on this job, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to go outside of what you're telling me because whatever God tell you on that job, is not going to be against the authority that you that's over you. This is why when we go to work, we do it unto the Lord. We commit our work unto the Lord and our thoughts shall be established. So anything that we do, we do it unto him and not man. We out to please God and not man. Do you know that's denying yourself? 
When we go on these jobs, we don't look at me, myself, and I. Well, this is what I can do, and this is what you need to be doing because this is what I can do. I should be ahead of this one. They shouldn't be ahead of me. No, we should be saying, God, whatever your will is for me on this job, this is what I want for my life. So you look into him, you're not looking to yourself. Then it goes on to say, he left or they left family. Can you give up your family for Christ? That means when you're making your family the main priority, when you're looking up to them instead of looking up to him, you really ain't denied yourself. You really haven't denied anyone else. When you can say God is above anyone and everything, and you can sincerely mean that with your whole heart, then you know that you have disowned yourself. But it's hard sometime when we first start out because if we don't really get to know him, we're thinking that we're doing what he wants us to do, but actually we're not. So we have to forsake ourselves. We have to deny ourselves. Why am I saying ourselves and me, myself, and I? Because that's a form of pride. When you cannot let go of what you want, when you cannot let go, then you're not letting God. The only way you can let God is let go of me, myself, and I. Some people say, I don't have pride. When you say you don't, yes, you do. When it's all about what you want and you don't want to hear nothing else and nobody got to say because you feel you right, that's pride. We have to humbly submit ourselves up under what? His mighty hand, and then we'll be exalted and win. In due season. So that tells you it's not about us. We have to come to him in humility and say, God, here am I. Do to me what you will, God, not what I will. God, I'm here to serve you. I'm not asking you to serve me. I'm here to serve you. So we need to look to him. So we see these um, examples. Number one, you got to have a willingness. You got to have a willingness that means your determination, your mind has to be made up saying, God, I am willing to follow you. Number two, you have to deny yourself. I don't know about you guys, but I find out each and every day that I have not denied myself enough. Do you? Sometimes we think we're okay with God. What more can I do? But God will show you, you still not denying yourself the way you need to deny yourself, disown yourself. Because sometimes, y'all, we want what we want when we want it. And we're not thinking about nobody else but ourselves. That's a form of pride. That's why he said that we got to do unto others as we will have others to do unto us. That's his way. So when you deny yourself, you look into him for, for every area in your life. It's not about you no more. You've been crucified with Christ. When he died, you died. But when he rose, you rose with a new life. Your new life in Christ. So it's based on what he want, not what you want. When you put him first, when we put him first, y'all, we won't be grabbing everything that we see. Because we can leave it alone. Because we can say, I'm content. I'm satisfied with what I have. When it's always, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy and I got to have that, that's a form of pride. So we have to be so careful to make sure that we're not walking in pride because where pride is, there will be a fall. And then listen at what Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8, expanded Bible. This is Paul. Those things were important, valuable, or assets to me, but now I think they are worth nothing. A loss because of Christ. Listen at what he's saying. Those things were important. 
They were valuable. They were assets to me. But now I think they're worth nothing. A loss because of Christ. When you really deny yourself, you ain't looking for nothing. You're not trying to get nothing. You're so content with what you have. Those things are worthless to you. Um, my husband, he would always try to do different things for me or ask me what I want. And I would say nothing. I can't think of anything. I'm satisfied. I'm content. Just give me my Bible and just leave me alone and just let me sit here. I'm good. See, when you get to a point of you don't have to have what everybody else have. You don't need this to bring you satisfaction. Then you know you really denying yourself. I remember when we were told years ago that um, they said, you know, you're going to get a new home. I'm like, okay. It was just like, okay. You know, sometimes when you get prophecy like that, you're like, when, when, when? Yeah, yeah. But I remember before I got content, when a prophet would come into the house, when we used to have Bible study and they would prophesy, oh, you're going to get a new car. Child, I'll be going out trying to get that car. Because God said I was going to get that car, I'm going to get that car. So the woman had prophesied, I believe we was having Bible study on Tuesday night. Honey, was it Tuesday night on a Thursday? In the house. Thursday in the house. Anyway, she prophesied on that Thursday. I went to me a car lot the next day. And by that next week, I said, come here. Look up under, I'm going to say it like daddy said, the garage. Look up under there. She said, ooh, you got the car. Show did, didn't you say, God said, I'm going to get another car? She said, yeah. But see, that was my doing. See, when God gives someone a prophecy for you, that don't mean it's right then. It could be later down the road. I want you to think now. Use wisdom. The devil lets you go get stuff. Hello, somebody. Go read Matthew, the fourth chapter. He was showing Jesus everything if he would serve him. But that stuff didn't matter to Jesus. Because he said, man don't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So all of that, it didn't turn Jesus on because he knew what he already had. See, when I got the prophecy, it was like, I'm going to get my car. God done spoke, so I'm going to get it. But see, going to get the car, it was a struggle because they wanted something I didn't have. And I'm trying to figure it out instead of waiting on God's timing where I can go just, you know, walk in and walk out. So see, you got to be careful when you're not in the right place because you'll go for anything. And that might not be what God wants you to have. So that's why you have to get to know him. And the more you get to know him, you can learn to wait on him. Because it's not about you no more. It's about what he wants you to have. So I had to grow up. And through the years I did, as well as my husband. Because when they told us about a house, you know, a house is bigger than a car, right? I'm like, oh, okay. Lord, I thank you. So I was still trying to stuff stuff in corners under the bed. I had my husband putting stuff everywhere. Me, Jennifer was bringing stuff, trying to find somewhere to put it. I wasn't a bit more concerned about getting another house. I was so content with what I had. I was keeping up with what I had, not trying to get because somebody got. When you're trying to get because somebody got, that's you and that's pride. So we held off, and this is how God had me to do it. He had me to go look. First step is to look. God, I'm taking you at your word. I believe we looked for about a year or two. 
just looking. I would knock on people's door and say, I like your house. May I come in and look in your house? Did I not do it? And she let me come in too. And then I had the audacity to tell her, this is my house. She looked at me like, huh? She had it up for sale. I said, this is my house. But then God, when I went back and I began to seek the Lord, the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh. That's not the one. Because I'm thinking, he told me, I'm going to move you amongst the distinguished. I'm going to move you up front. And I'm thinking, this is the distinguished. These are doctors. These are, he goes, some doctors over here. He goes, some lawyers over here. This is the distinguished. This is where you want me. You told me you wanted me here. But when I went back in prayer and quit making it about me again, God told me, that's not the house. And guess what? It wasn't the house. It was a skip and a hop down from the other house. See how God does when you lose interest in you and how you want things to be and the way you want them to be? God will show you. That's not about me. That's about you. So we have to deny ourselves to the point that we're hearing God more than we're hearing flesh. Because the flesh want what it wants. And let me tell you how the flesh get what it wants. I don't know about y'all. If you look at something long enough, okay? If you go on the computer, peoples, and you see something you want, and you get it before your eyes, and you look at it, maybe for five minutes, then you begin to visualize, ooh, that'll look good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So every day you see in that picture, And the more you see that picture, the closer it comes. But guess what? Bank account is saying you can't have it. But you so determined to get it, you rearrange your bills. Hello, somebody. You make a way out of no way without God being in it. You rearrange your bill and bills and you begin to set up stuff. I'm going to save this amount out of my check and this amount and this amount and by this time i'm gonna have what i want hello somebody because you determine because you got that picture before you and then we have the audacity to thank god for something he ain't in look what god blessed me with well where did it go the blessings of the lord makes you rich and it adds no sorrow to it see that was your way of getting it That was not God telling you it was yours. You made plans. But let the church say, this is what we need. I ain't got it. You ain't determined. You ain't trying to seek God on how to get it. I just ain't got it. You done made up your mind and you ain't getting it. But women, let us want a pocketbook. Women, let us want a hairdo, the nails done, or these shoes or something like that, or a nice outfit. We are determined. Hello? I would like to have a deferment, please. I would like to put this off until such and such time, please. Then you walk up in there with it because you deferred your light bill or maybe your car payment or maybe your mortgage to get what you want. And then you want people to think God did it. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's your doing because God say pay home you owe. Owe no man nothing but the loving. 
See, I used to think that way. I, I got them deferments. I don't know about you, but I made me some. Years ago, it wasn't, it was, that was an easy thing for me. I call him in. Y'all still got deferments. <laughs> I call him in. He wouldn't even know I was deferring nothing. The only thing he know is we had a nice meal. Man, you don't even know I done deferred that thing, and you eating well. But let me tell you when he found out, when change came, when I got to know Jesus, and I'm sitting him down, showing him everything. This man had the audacity to ask me, what happened? I said, don't matter what happened. We're trying to get it right. We're going to get it right for Jesus. So he sat there, and he just looking. Y'all, this is a trick right here. Women, you mess up the bills, then you turn them over, Okay. Women mess them up, then say, the Lord said it's time for you to manage this morning. So I'm going to turn it over to him, and he's sitting there just as nice, y'all, and cool. So he kept looking. He said, how did this get like this? I said, let me tell you one thing. You ain't miss a meal. You got clothes on your back. You're going to ask me how I got like that? <laughs> We're just going to make it right. Amen. And guess what? He didn't want to deal with it. I said, it's all right. Remember? Do you remember? Oh, let me tell you about this man. When we did get it settled, he was going to handle it, y'all. I thought I was delivered. We passing by Brown's Minute Market, and I was thirsty. I wanted me a Pepsi. Just a little can. I said, can you pull over there and I get a No. You don't need no Pepsi. Wait till you get home. I said, the devil is a lie. You're going to go over there and you're going to get me up. Well, you told me to manage this money. I said, you don't got too far, man. I said, change is going to come. Now, I didn't do you like that. <laughs> so we went through some changes, y'all. So this is what I had to do. We had to give up. We had to give up on what we wanted. And this is what we did. I went before the Lord and I said, Lord, show me how to pay home we owe. Show me your plan concerning what we have. Because, God, we have more debt than we have money. So I need your help. Y'all, that's when I was working on a job. So the Lord showed me how to manage the bills. And when he was showing me how to manage the bills, never checked the credit at all. Never checked the credit. But just did what God told me to do with the little that we had. So when it was time for us to get this other house, when we found the other house, once God got us situated with paying whom we owe and making sure things was in order, forgetting about ourselves, because I'm going to tell you one thing, we would go get a car every year. Every year we were signing off on a, y'all, I had 13 cars before I met this man. So it was nothing for me to pull up in the car lot and say, that's my car. I was so determined with a made-up mind, with toe-up credit, with no money to put down. I even told the salesman when the woman was driving the car that I told him I was coming back at. He said, she's driving. I said, get her out of it. That's my car. Now I'm coming to get the car. She need to get out of my car. That's just how determined I was. Guess what? I left with that car with no money down. You see how determined I was? So if I did all that for the world... Think of how, when I got to know Jesus, how determined I was for the kingdom. So when God showed me how to do our bills and wrap up everything, y'all, it got to the point I was scared to check out credit. Hey, 
My husband went the one checking. I'm the wife. I'm going to check yours and mine too because I knew his four digits. I want to make sure everything is in alignment so I can go get what I want. Y'all don't even try it. Y'all know y'all done done it. I can remember them digits. Anyway, when God showed me how to do everything, y'all, when I let go of me, totally let go of what I wanted. When we went to get this house, this was my plan. I told the man sitting there, the loan officer, I said, well, we already got plans. Now, I want, to, I want y'all to catch this. We had the same salary in the church. Same salary. It didn't go up, okay? So I, when we went to the man, I'm saying the other house had to be sold. We had to get rid of the other house before we can get into a new house because we got the same salary. But I did what God told me to do. When we're sitting there in front of the man, the man said, uh, I said, well, we're going to get rid of this house or we're going to rent this house out because I know how debt works, right? The man said, why do you want to do that? I say, because you know what we make. He said, you don't have to get rid of nothing. You can keep both of them. You know why we got to keep two houses with the same salary? Because God told us to pay off the cars. Duh. See, what, see how God works. See, when you turn your life totally over to him, God will have you with the same income, but you end up expanding. You end up having more because you're hearing him, not hearing yourself. You're not out trying to get more. you out for the kingdom to bring God glory and not to bring glory to yourself. I don't care how many cars you got or how many houses you got. If you're bringing glory to yourself, God ain't got nothing to do with that. But if you're bringing glory to God, you have more than enough. So Paul was saying, let's get back to Paul. In Philippians 7, those things were important, value or access to me, but now I think they are worth nothing, a loss because of Christ. Not only those things, but I think that all things are worth nothing, a loss compared with because of the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I have lost all those things, and now I know they are considered them worthless, trash, garbage. This allows me to have so that I may gain Christ. This allows me to have Christ. See, you can't have Christ the way you need to have him with all these things before Christ. So Paul counted all those things worthless. Until we count what we have as worthless, not saying that, you know, while we're on this earth, we don't need a house, we don't need a car, we don't need money. Not saying that. But if you're looking at those things more importantly than you're looking at him, then guess what? You have not denied yourself. Totally denying yourself is saying, I have these things, but these things don't have me, and I don't need no more of these things because somebody else have them. I got to have them. I'm content with what I have. And when you get so content with what you have, you can go on a car lot. You can go on um, in the mall. You can go look at other things, and it don't bother you because you don't have them because somebody else have them. I don't need it because they need it. I thank God for what I do have because I don't know what's yet to come. So why am I going to go out there and pile up debt, and then if something occur, I can't do nothing because I didn't hear God. 
You ain't denied yourself enough. Totally denying yourself is saying, God, not my will, but let your will be done. Me and my husband have had that Lexus since 2005, and it's a 2001. And guess what, y'all? When people see us, when we rolled up in that Lexus, because God said, this is what I want you to have, then everybody else wanted it. You know why they wanted it? It wasn't because of the Lexus. It was because of the glory that was upon the Lexus. And even to this day, when we drive it, how long you had that car? Years. But it's God's glory. Anything that God's in, he's going to be glorified. And then he, he drove the BMW, and the BMW's a 13. The man thought it was a 19. Why? Because of the glory that's on it from God. Because we don't try to profile and style and say, look at what I got. No, it's all about him. When you totally deny yourself, you don't have to lean a certain way for somebody to look. You don't have to put your seat back all the way to be cool just to get a look. Because it ain't about us. When you totally deny yourself, you're not looking to things. You're not looking to that no more. You're looking to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. And the last part of that verse says, you got to do the first part first. And then it says, and take up his cross and follow me. Taking up a cross means death. That means you're going to get ridiculed. You're going to get talked about. You're going to have some things coming up against you. But guess what? Because you know who you are, because you have denied yourself, it ain't about you. It ain't about how you feel. It's not about what you don't have or what you want to obtain. It's about I have totally denied myself and God knows what's best for me so I can truly be his disciple now because I'm not after things. I'm after Christ. That's that one verse, that one verse of scripture. And some of us think that we got the whole verse, but we don't. Some of people are trying to carry a cross, but you ain't denied yourself yet. You cannot fully carry that suffering. You're going to go through some suffering because of Christ. You're going to be hated. Some of us get mad because people don't talk to us. You ain't denied yourself. Some of us get mad because, you know, d- d- this person ain't doing me right or things are not going right on the job. They're not going right at home. You're still making it about you. You got to make it about him and what he's done for you. You don't give up because somebody don't like you. That's when you persevere. See, have we really denied ourselves, y'all? We really need to check self and say, am I, have I totally, truly given up myself for the kingdom? That's just one verse of scripture. So we got to make sure that we're in a place to really be his disciple. That means that we don't leave him out. No matter what goes on, he's first and foremost. We don't leave him out. Because we do know him. Amen. Come on, Athea.
Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I got five years left to retirement. Let's check my portfolio. Let me see. I have five hundred thousand in my four hundred one k. I have two hundred thousand in my IRA. Dang, I have done pretty good for myself over these years. I have worked hard ever since I was eighteen. I worked. Man, I did good for myself. I just need a little bit more. I want to try to make it to that million before I retire. Okay, so I had what? How much I said I had in my um eight. No, I have. I got five. I got two. Hmm. Tell you what I'll do. I got to make a little bit more overtime to add to it, and I should be set. Get all my bills caught up. Get my house right like I want it. Go ahead on and get the car and pay it off. Let me see. Dang. I'm here to stop paying tithes for about a year. So if I stop paying tithes for about a year. That'll add up to it. And then I'll keep a record of what I didn't pay so that when I retire, I'll add to it. And I'll give it back to God. I'll just write God an IOU. He'll be all right. He'll understand. He's understanding God. And what his words say, he's understanding God. So he'll understand my IOU. Huh. So what I'll do, if I do that, I should be set. I work, you know, I work, you know, dang. Instead of working 40 hours, I'll work. 50. And if I do that for five years, I'll be set. I'll be set. I, I tell you what, girl, you pat yourself on the back. I done good for myself. I have about a million dollars when I retire. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to dress and I ain't going to get my hair done because I don't want nobody looking at me because they're going to smell my money and then they're going to try to come want to marry me and they're going to try to want to marry my money. And they didn't earn not one dime of this money. I did it by myself. It's my money, it's my money, and my money. And, and I, what I need to do is kind of move it around to about three or four different banks. And if I move it around to three or four different banks, it'll add that much more interest. Girl, you smart. Oh, snap. You know what? I could take at least 100000 and invest it in Amazon, then maybe take about ten, invest it in Apple, about 20 in Google. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have more than a million dollars when I retire. Girl, I'm going to be looking good, too. I can go get that vet that I want. I'm going to be looking good because I've done good for myself. You can't touch this because a girl done good. I tell you, I'm proud of myself. I've worked hard, and I deserve it. I do. And I'm church folks, but not look at me either. Not nay dime of my money they're going to get. Mm-mm. I think I've done pretty good. Thank you, Lord. You're all right with me. Amen. That skit. Money, being selfish, looking out for her. And doesn't it remind you of the skit with the uh, man who ground done bountifully? And he was making plans, but then God let him know. He said, that fool. If your soul was required of you tonight, who would get all of these things? 
See, sometimes we don't really look at our lives the way we need to look at them. We look at our lives outside of Christ. We need to let him come in with those plans and say, God, this is what I want to do. What would you have me to do? He don't want Athea working her whole life trying to build up something, and she might not, but she will be here, to to see it. But we can't be counting on those things because those things could leave you as quick as you get them. So we have to be careful. So that's a form of what? That's pride when you look into who? Self and not look into God. Okay, Amen. Amen. Let me see. We got an issue with the sound. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on. Let me call Gloria. Ring, ring, ring. Hey, G. Hey, how you doing? Look, um, we're having an issue with the sound, and I really need you to come out tonight to um, help me out. I, you know, I can't do it by myself, and we are a team. Look, I'm tired. I just got on work. I'm going home. Well, gee, I, 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 I just got off work, too, but we got to get it done before Sunday. You know, we always have to, you know, troubleshoot stuff before Sunday. So you can't do it by yourself? No, I need you. Look, I'm tired now. I'm about to get in the bed now. Well, Gloria, I work, too, Shug, but I'm, you know, but you still have to come. I mean, you don't have to come, but you are chosen to do this. God chose you to do this, and God comes first. I know you're sleepy. I know you're tired, but God comes first, right? There ain't no way you could do it by yourself. No, I can't. Look, God right. comes first. You know, we have to have sound in the ministry, right? Apostle have to have sound. We have to have sound. Judah have to have sound. So the kingdom of God comes first. The Bible says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And Jesus was tired, but he still performed miracles. He still did what he was called to do. And God called you to do this. So it's God first, then your home. And so, I know all this, but you still can't take care of it by yourself. But God wants you to be willing, Gloria. That's what the word says. The willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Be willing to serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Don't, don't be like that. That's not even you. You know what? Let me tell you this right here. I'm going to do it, and you write. And forgive me for acting like that. Yeah. Because I was more concerned about getting my sleep than going out there to the church and getting the sound right. You know good and well do. that God comes first. You know yeah, that. Yeah, he do. Yeah, God loves you, Gloria. And he's going to make sure you get your proper rest. He is. And as a matter of fact, I'll feed you before you go home so that way you can sleep on a full belly. Okay, feed me then. Okay. <laughs> now, look at this. She had to encourage her in order for her to come, right? But even with her encouraging her, if her heart still ain't right, and she comes, she wasted gas and she wasted time. That's why I'm going back to, if you are truly his disciple and you are a learner of Jesus Christ, nobody shouldn't have to go into all that for you to do something for the kingdom. Hello, somebody. You should always be ready no matter how tired you are because people work eight hours on jobs. They work overtime on jobs and they get that paycheck. And when it comes to God, we should say, God, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. So, Lord, help me to get this done. The, the body ain't willing, but I know the spirit is. Amen. 
So y'all, when we go into this teaching, I pray that all of us see ourselves and to understand that all of us have some pride somewhere, being selfish, leaving God out. But when we want to do something, I don't care how tired we are. I don't care how low the money is. We make a way to get the money to get what we want. Do we not? Yeah. Amen. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Or do anyone have anything to say dealing with um, pride? Okay. We're good. Sonia, can you close us 